Y'all ready to be history? It's started. Welcome. Hi. 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 Hello, everyone. To the Pro Audio Suite. Thanks to Rode Microphones. These guys are professional. They're motivated. Introducing Robert Marshall from Source Elements and Someone Audio Post, Chicago. Darren Robbo Robertson from Voodoo Radio Imaging, Sydney. Tech to the VO Stars. George the Tech Whitam from LA. And me, Andrew Peters. Voiceover talent and home studio guy. Welcome to another Pro Audio Suite. This week we're talking about something new from PreSonus, a new bit of gear which George has got his hands on. Yes, I got my hands on it. Legitimately, I actually purchased it. Woo, um, hello. Yeah, what possessed was, you? This was not a demo piece. This is not. This was something that when it came across my radar, I was like, that checks all the boxes. I'm going to have to buy it. I'm just going to have yeah. to buy it. So I went to my pro audio dealer here in Los Angeles who gets me incredibly good prices and snagged it. It's it's about 200 US retail or map, whatever, um, which is still darn impressive for what this thing does. So it's kind of like imagine if the Roadcaster Pro and maybe the Apollo uh, twin had a baby. And that's kind of like what this thing is. I, it's the best way I can describe it. It doesn't have any faders. It doesn't have any uh, sound trigger pads. So that's the main thing it's missing. Uh, And it doesn't have a record button, right? So you strip away the recording, the sound triggers, and the sliders. Strip all that away, but then maintain the fact that you've got some processing and some onboard mix minusing, and you get the Revelator. It has, what I like about it is it has a very well thought out mixer on board. What I mean by that is, You've probably seen a lot of these console, these digital consoles, right? Where you've got um, a mix for, it'll say like mix A, mix B, and mix C, right? And I think the RME works this way, and a bunch of other gear works this way, right? Robert, you've seen this. He's too busy watching or, or, Robin Reliance. Basically, there's like a, there's like a mix for every output, like 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 if every exactly. output or every headphone output is like a Q mix. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, what it does yeah. is it makes a very easy way of understanding which of those mixes. It provides four of them, by the way: a main, a mix A, B, and C. It provides a very clear way of delineating which of those is the one you're actually recording, or as they call it, streaming. So clearly this thing was had the idea of live streaming and podcasting in mind when it was designed. So you can choose any of those buses to be the one that's actually the the uh, streaming bus, and you can turn it on and turn it off. You can also choose any of those buses to be the one that you're actually monitoring in your headphones. So I have one. I have a monitor mix set up in my cans. That's what I want to hear. It has all you guys talking. It has um, anything I want to hear back on my machine in my cans. Then I have a mix that's the stream mix. That's only what I want you guys to hear. And I can so easily send playback from other things into the stream mix. And then I have my main mix, which goes to my monitor speakers, right? So that has my microphones obviously muted, but everything else can be on. So it's so easy to create these multiple mixes in a very clear, clear, easy to understand way, which makes it really, really useful for home production, doing doing live production, streaming, and things like that. I love that part about the interface. So that's one thing I love. The second is it does have a channel strip. And you can save presets, obviously, and have a lot of different presets for your channel strip. They call it the fat channel. Does it have, a, does it have an expander in it? It does have an expander slash gate. 
And it's the it only thing that I'm actually not completely thrilled with. I mm. the when it's in gate mode, it has a range control, but it doesn't have it's hard to describe. In gate oh, mode, it, it's 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 range. It's not by infinite. It's not by ratio. It's by right. range. Right. It doesn't have a I ratio. It's now, not like, a, when you put it in yeah, expander mode, the expander, the button that said range, now says auto, and there's still no ratio. So that I wish they would change the way that's designed, but I don't know if they ever will because that's this is based on their fat channel plugin, which is a channel strip. Yeah. That comes in Studio One, and it's a core plugin. And, and and you shouldn't be using gates anyways. You shouldn't be using gates anyways. Mm. Please, please, people, <laughs> stop using it. Um, but yeah, so it's it's not the smoothest action on the gate. Okay, let's 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 get that out of the way. But it does have a compressor, a high pass filter, and a very good parametric equalizer, which is really nice for tuning the your microphone to your room. If it has, if you got a little bit of mid range resonance that you don't like in that room. Um, it lets you do a little notch and then store it. Um, even if you don't use any of that and just want to set your high-pass filter, you can set your high-pass filter exactly where you want it. It's variable, so you can tune that in. So it's it's. I think it's pretty smartly designed for being a 1.0 product. It's got pretty much everything I could ever want. Um, and Sound quality is, you know, on par with everything else in this budget range of USB it's interfaces. It's probably using the exact same chips. Yeah. Same AKM converters. You probably know. like a Cirrus Logic yeah. converter chip or something in there, you know. I haven't, I haven't watched one of those teardown videos yet to see what's inside of it, but I'm using mine. I'm not taking it apart. So <laughs> I'm using it pretty much every day that I'm in my studio. I've used it on my, my own show, VOBS. I've used it to uh, to do another a webcast. I've used it to teach a webinar. Um, it's been used in, in, in live production multiple times in the last two weeks, and it's it hasn't failed Sweet. me. So send me the roadcaster. I will pass the roadcaster <laughs> on to. On, well, actually, I would almost. Con- I'm actually. I I would consider that actually. Um, it'd, be, it'd be worth it actually. Just 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 so we can do another another review of the roadcaster from a, a fresh review from a fresh perspective. Yeah. I agree. Oh yeah. Uh, yep. I, I Robert, I will I will consider that. Um, give me another week or two, and then uh, <laughs> make sure I'm completely happy with the. Are you saying you'll consider yeah, it I mean, stupid, or you'll just consider it? it <laughs> yeah, I, I'll consider that and considered. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, no, yes. but it seems like a really good competitor uh, for things like the Motu mm-hmm. M2. Totally. And in that range, you know, like Motu supposedly got some pretty good preamps in there, but like like we've said, a lot of these things at this budget range, they are all versions of each other, and they're they're working off the same, you know, components and. Put, putting their own twist on it, but a lot of the twists are the features and the layout, yeah, and not necessarily the actual quality difference. There's often not a huge yeah. I mean, don't expect a level. boutique level Burr Brown blah 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 AD converter preamp in in a two hundred dollar box that can do this many things and has two mic preamps. I don't. Well, I wouldn't expect that, but it is nice that it does still have some controls on the front panel. So. Instead of having like, you know, no, you have to use a console for everything. I can reach over, turn the knob, turn up my headphones, turn them down, click on the knob. Now it's a monitor mix between input and output. Click on the knob and now it's a speaker volume control. And then directly below it, there's a giant speaker mute button. 
And I like that because I'll have my speakers on all the time until I'm doing a show like this. And right before the show, I just click the button and cut my speakers. Um, so it works out nicely. So let so, me ask you this. So to summarize, to s- oh yeah, go ahead, Rob. I was just going to say, which one's more intuitive to use? If you had to compare the Rodecaster to uh, the, the, the Presonus, which one's more intuitive? Which one's easier to use? Oh, oof. So it's it's it depends. I think the Rodecaster is more intuitive because out of the box, it's essentially ready to do what it's designed to do. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit less flexible in terms of a routing. It's certainly less flexible in terms of routing. But out of the box, it's ready to do the job of production, live production. And you do have physical mutes and slider controls, which I do occasionally miss. I really, I do miss reaching over and just smacking a mute button. Um, that's something, you know, I... It's, it's I'm so torn because I like the compactness of it and I would love it for a lot of studios where you just don't need the extra controls. But sometimes it'd be nice to have those faders. So, um, and of course, no onboard recording. So I, I look at it like the Rodecaster Pro or the Rodecaster like light, you know? Let's yeah, strip okay. away all the headphone amps, the recording, the sound effect pads and the faders, take it down to its essence and that's what the revelator is. And then they just put everything on screen. I think it's closer to what a VO talent needs than the Roadcaster. Much closer. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Roadcaster is a great podcast, live cast, streaming tool. The revelator does that well, but it's an even better home production device for, for a voiceover setup. Have they not? It, it just seems like it's so easy because. Sorry, Rob, Rob no, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask you have they not just added MIDI support? For the Rodecaster, can you not now use it as a mixer as well? Or am I incorrect? So it can be used as a controller and you have to do, you have to be pretty slick uh, to do this because what you essentially need is a translator that translates MIDI control to the language of whatever software you want to use it with. But it's basically outputting MIDI controls over USB. Um, one of the things I've been wanting to experiment with is using those trigger pads to trigger shots in a video production tool. Um, you can do that and say OBS, which is like a, it's a free open source video streaming platform. And it's really cool. And you can actually use the buttons to trigger, but you have to know how to set it up. It's, there's a process to it. It's not click boom, but it works. Um, the Revelator actually has MIDI in and out. I'll never, ever use it. But it's on there. So they clearly, I mean, I wish they had added more uh, audio outputs on the back instead of MIDI. Like, because it's, considering that it was designed, I think, more for production, that would be more useful than MIDI in and out. I, I think it's hilarious that it has MIDI in and out because these days, anything that needs to be MIDI, for the most part, is a USB device that you plug straight into your computer. Right. Like it's like, it's odd to me. It's like it's kind of like what should we else should we put on the back? Well, MIDI we can do that for like two dollars. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's just put MIDI on the yeah. back. Yeah. Like you know, it's yeah, like the right. MIDI chip oh, costs yeah. nothing. We've know? got those chips in stock. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah still we we also have. Room. You know what? We we ran out of of like you know keypads for the numbers but we have a couple rotary dial units mm-hmm. right right it's mm-hmm. it is odd because can, it's got yeah. four mixes there's a mix c i've run out of ideas of what to use it for right it's like 
that that would that should go to a line output on the back so you can send audio well, someplace well, else. Let, let me ask yeah. when it when it is sending to mix A, B, or C, those are going to does it have its own set of virtual outputs or how is it routing those extra mixes? That's the thing We're, we didn't talk about yet. The thing we didn't talk about is the audio drivers, which is what another mm-hmm. part of what makes it so brilliant. So I have a huge amount of experience with the Apollo. Robert does as well. And we are all quite familiar with some of the limitations of the audio drivers. We we love the Apollo. Honestly, it's an incredible piece. I mean, we've all been using it for a long time and it's great. But there's certain applications that it just doesn't play well with. And one of those is Zoom. And it's been frustrating for a long time. And, And Chrome. And Chrome and Windows, it doesn't work right. There's a lot of little weird things, quirks that we just don't know will ever be fixed or when. And it's also flexible, but flexible. Complex. But you really got to have a propeller head. You know, you, yeah, you got to be yeah. really because because you geek. and I both know you've we, you, you set people up and they're great and they're good to go. And then as soon as something goes wrong, they're like, uh. Yeah. Call George, like yeah. get, get George back because I don't know what I, what, like, absolutely. you know, it's, it's, absolutely. It's not intuitive. So, the, what the, the Revelator the does, and this is now, this is where it's like so similar to the Roadcaster. They must have had a Roadcaster to think of this, but it has two different audio drivers in on board a stereo two channel mode and then it has a multi channel mode, but they don't load simultaneously. So, on a Roadcaster, you're getting the stereo mix and the multi channel channel uh, drivers all the time they're always available on the revelator it's an either or and it's set up in the firmware there's a little console that you install and you can change it from one to the other so for a lot of people they're going to turn it on and never even look at that and it's just going to work like a standard stereo in and out interface like a scarlet on steroids right but for the for scarlet with dsp right a scarlet with dsp exactly but then those that are no, the power users like me and you that want to get more flexibility, you're going to switch it into multi-channel mode. And all of a sudden, in your driver's list, you have more channels available. So if I go to my driver's audio driver's list, I now see um, Revelator IO24, Revelator IO24 Virtual A and Virtual B. So there's now three different sets of outputs. And now when I look at the... If I look at the uh, input side, same deal. On the input side, I have Revelator IO24, Virtual A, and Virtual B. So you're getting the idea now that you can tell any application on your machine which of those it should listen to. And so you're getting three sets of buses inputs and three sets of output buses, essentially, that you can choose. So, So you can set up your microphone, and then you can have one mix going out to, say, Source Connect, another mix going out to Zoom, and another one going out to, I don't know, your phone patch. Yeah. So in my particular use case, my main mix is I have my mic and my, I call it TalkBack, channel two, turned off. I have the rest of the channels turned on, so if I want to hear anything playing back from my DAW or Zoom, on my Mac, any one of those can be heard. So that's what I have my faders set up to do. I have fader one is playback, fader two is zoom, fader three is my Mac sound, and they're all separated faders. When I go to mix A, that's my stream or record channel. So like that's why I'm able to at any time like play something back to you guys, and it's all routed here. As long as it shows up on the playback fader, 
I have it unmuted and you guys can hear it. And then mix B is my dedicated headphone mix. And that essentially has every single channel turned on at all times. So I can hear anything coming out of the system. And then mix C is, well, nothing. I don't have a use for mix C. And I don't know what to do with it, to be completely honest. It's just there. It sounds great. Like a lot of the flexibility of the Apollo without the complexity of setting it up and um, and just the right DSP that you need because I think a lot of the times, for a voice like, you know, for voice, exactly for voice talent. I, I was, I was just on the other day with a voice talent and they, they bought an Apollo and it's like, you get four free plugins. And I'm like, she's like, I don't know what I need. I'm like, well, let's go look. And I was like, tape emulator, weird yeah. garden hose delay plugin, sure. uh, a bunch of useless stuff, unless right. you're trying to make a, an album. And But it's like, was there any like really good EQ or a gate or a compressor in that list that they were giving away for free with their purchase? No. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a universal yeah. tool for everyone that's producing, you know, and this one is yep. more of a, of a focused device to solve a more focused set of problems, right? So, right. That's and I think it's like the Goldilocks between the just right between the Apollo and and uh, and the lower end gear like the Scarlets. Compared to Roadcaster, they have very different sets of tools and features, but it's the two things that I have literally sitting next to each other, so I can't not compare the two. But it it inserts itself very neatly between a Scarlet two i two. And the thing up the ladder from there, which would be like the uh, the Apollo Solo, for example. D- does the does the Motu M2 have a loopback feature? The the Motu M2 does have a loopback feature. It does. So yep. so in that sense, the Motu is pretty similar to this, if but not as this flexible. Has, this this has three loopbacks. This has essentially three loopbacks, right? Also in the same price range and the same feature set. Similarly, is the Audient ID ID4 Mark II. Uh, and the ID fourteen, these have those have loopbacks that you have a lot of flexibility over assigning. So this is like a real hot button market right now. These two hundred to three hundred dollar unit units with these somewhat you know flexible routing consoles, you know, that let you do all these things. It's just I've just had bad experiences with some of the other mentioned brands. So I'm very skeptical. Like it's very hard to convince me that these things will be reliable. It took me a long time to think the Apollo was reliable before I started recommending it far and wide, but it's proven itself overall to be pretty darn reliable. So let's just see. I'm kind of waiting and seeing if Personas's gear is going to stand the test of time and 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 work. But it, it's been plugged in and on my Mac M1 here for two weeks. Really haven't shut it off or had to shut it off for any reason, and it's it's worked flawlessly the whole time. So so no. far, it's paid so for good. itself. Yeah, it's paid <laughs> for. what's the preamp? What's, what's what's the preamp gain range? Is it um like sixty or more like weak than that? I I, I doubt it has more than sixty decibels on it, but. Well, I just turned it up to 60. The display actually reads out decibels on the front panel, which I love that too. It's so, telling the so actual, it goes to it goes to 60. It goes to 60, yeah. Nice. That's good. So that, that's yeah. a pretty usable range, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, even the Apollo might, might, might doesn't get noisy up there. Even the Apollo doesn't show you actual decibels on the front of the panel. 
I mean, if you want to yeah, see right. decibel numbers, you have to be in the console. This shows it right on the front screen. And the screen is tiny. I mean, it's 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 like a postage stamp. It's I like mean, an Apple Watch. It is. It is that yeah. small. But it's not a touchscreen, so you don't have to fiddle with it. It just shows you enough information. Input VU meters, 48-volt phantom power status, output VU meters, and then what what you're adjusting. Are you adjusting speakers, headphones, or or your... Or your mix, and, and then you and have the, preset buttons on the front where you can choose to turn on and turn off your presets. Like now, my presets you, off, so that's flat with zero processing. Wow! All right, so you're the only one who should definitely use processing when you hook up with anybody to do a session, right? And then uh, yeah. press preset, and this is now this is now with my chain. That's oh, great. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the headphones can change to listen to any mix or the headphones yes. locked. So the headphones, nice. so every mix, there's four mixes and all of them have a little headphone button. So at any so time can I can say, I'm going to check in on mix A. What, is, what are you guys hearing? Oh, okay. You guys are just hearing that. Okay. That's mix A. Um, then I can choose to listen to mix B, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it's, I love that about the way it's designed. So Super interesting, and so it's and and the outputs, the, the the main outputs, can those be any mix output, or is it only locked to one of the mix outputs for the? So the headphones are floating. Headphones float. Main, main is, is output on the left, output left and right. And again, yeah. its lack of flexibility is a feature in some ways. Like sure, sure, yeah. Because if not, you end up with the Apollo. Yeah, it it. I can tell you, they did. They struck the sweet spot. It's got a, just enough to get you a little bit of trouble, but get out of it pretty quick. But not so much flexibility that'll really ruin you, but enough flexibility that you can do essentially what any home producer, podcaster, webcaster, voice actor. Imagine if they came probably. out with this thing a year ago. Oh, I, well, I know. I mean, well, I mean, sure, they wanted it to come. I bet they wanted it to come out a year yeah. ago. You know, this thing was probably yeah. sitting in the production supply chain for a year, you know? waiting to get its way out to the world it, you know? I, yeah yeah time takes time to finish products but it sounds like it's really well rounded and 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 done done well yeah kudos kudos personas let's, well done let's see how it goes in the long run but uh knock on wood it's going to be a reliable piece and hopefully it'll stay in the studio for a while yeah and uh talking of gates um i'm still on the fence with that no <laughs> <laughs> it's bum, bum, taking me bum, a year bum. to use that line. <laughs> so, so here's an interesting one that, that, that we should maybe do a review of at some point. But looks, have have you looked at the Native Instruments Complete Audio Two USB? I know about Complete Audio device. I've seen them, but I haven't played with a two yet, so I don't know. Hundred and forty bucks. I mean, it, it looks mm-hmm. also in that same price range of like. Oh, there's so many of them. I mean, even Universal be, just released. They're down market they, stuff. They're called Vault. They just, they just, yeah, yeah, I saw that. The Vault. That yeah. What's 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 your impression of that? I haven't had a chance to look no, at it. That's their, I, that's I their down market. It's their it's their Scarlet Killer. You know, they're like, well, yeah. we gotta. They have the claret that's kicking our ass in some markets, so we better make a. Yeah, but I think Scarlet it's more. Killer. I think it's more targeted SSL because it's got. Uh, well, if you yeah. get the, they're all, um, it's got all, they're that all color each stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's got the seventy six color color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the seventy six yeah. thing, you've got the um, the Volt One Seven Six you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, so there's the Volt yep. One, which is really just a Scarlet Solo. Yep. Then there's the Volt One Seventy Six, which the, now adds yeah. the eleven seventy six limiter and the t- six ten tube preamp emulator. 
Yeah. Right? And they're just on-off buttons, right? Yep. So, <laughs> Which is like, okay. That, I, that yeah. doesn't have any, I don't know, that doesn't have any real appeal to me. But no, it, that's all that color stuff. This is the same thing as like the mysterious 4K button. Yeah. Like, like, ooh. That's their 4K button. Vintage it in is, a button. It is, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, right. Actually, funny enough, I was just making fun of them, vintage in a button, but there's literally a button on the thing that says vintage. It does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It does. It's this bizarre. It's like yeah. pandering to the, like, yeah. you know, uh, it's it, almost like, tongue in cheek. Okay, there should be a button that says pro level, pro level mastering, pro level mixes, pro yeah. level loops. Like, do you know what they've got done wrong though? Yeah. They should have used the old Bakelite knobs. You know, a version of that on the for the knobs. Yeah, like True like the actual that. knobs from the six ten or something. Yeah, and you just go, yeah, that's that, that will suck yeah. people in. Yeah. Or at least mold it out of plastic so it looks like the big clay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yes, I mean, but this thing's at that price point too, like two forty nine. And I yeah, bet exactly. you the Volt has a loopback feature in it, does it, George? Do you know I anything? Don't know. No, I think it's just a straight pre. I think it doesn't. I, I think what they the dividing line between the Volt and the Apollo is there's no console in the Volt. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. But it does have MIDI. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's got MIDI, and the it's, Apollo does not. Yeah. And. Actually, you're right. So the Apollo weird. does not, and this thing's yeah. Got we MIDI. see uh, this is another thing. Well, the, the, the SSL thing. If you get the SSL two plus, you get the MIDI. Is, this is, is definitely that, is like a singer plus? song. Oh, yeah. okay. This is like a singer songwriter box. Yeah. yeah, you know, buy it for someone who's who's a new new at songwriting. They just want to get a nice sound, but just are just can't figure out their way out of a, an EQ or any kind of control. Give them two buttons to mash on, and let them plug in their MIDI keyboard. And yep. off to the races. That's well, you got the thing with that, the um, Vault, you can go vintage or not, or just straight pre. Right. And right. then you've got, I think, three different selections for the 76. So you've got voice and... Guitar, right. fast and off. I yeah. don't know if off is exactly a selection. Can't you just do that by pressing the 76 button? So it's three selections yeah. and off. And then you have your direct monitor, which apparently you don't get to control the volume of. Yeah. Well, that was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite, recorded using Rode NTG5s and Source Connect, edited by Andrew Peters, and mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging, with tech support from George the Tech Wizard. Help us share the show with more people, and get your hands on exclusive content by contributing to our Patreon page. See patreon.com forward slash Pro Audio Suite. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic, or just say g'day, drop us a note at our website, the Pro Audio Suite. Dot com.